Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I, of course, am your host, Laurel Mintz, and I'm excited to be joined today by Irene Rojas Stanbury, CEO and founder of Lemonkind. Irene, thank you for being with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Laura. So, Lemonkind is the best juice cleanse I have ever done. And I want to thank you for that because you hooked it up, first of all, and I adore you for that, and my hips adore you for that. <laughs> but would you just tell us a little bit about the brand and what it is? Because it's so much more than just a juice company. Oh, thank you so much for the kind words. Um, of course, anytime. Um, so Lemonkind was founded in 2014. Um, I was back then living in Florida. Um, I have been director of branding and product development for a manufacturing company of pet products. And that's where I became completely in love with the whole idea of consumer product goods. Um, I also come from a family of, of farmers and a family of physicians who um, are very much um, aligned with the whole idea of health and wellness as a way of living. Um, so I grew up, you know, surrounded by, you know, fruits and vegetables and, you know, a very um, nature driven life. Um, I'm very active. My family is very active. I grew up in Venezuela. And from all of that, I think, you know, everything just kind of combined into a, you know, perfect place, time and moment in which I saw um, or I had a need for um, ready to drink um, 100% natural functional juices um, that could be taken out with you hiking, camping, running um, that were affordable and that were clean label. There was nothing like it on the market. And so I decided to come up with it. And that's how Lemon Pine was born. Necessity is the mother of invention, as they say. Um, and the, the flavor profiles are amazing. You actually, I want to make sure we cover this because you just launched a few new flavors. Can you give us kind of like the rainbow of colors and flavors that you guys have? Yeah, um, that is my 100% crazy passion. Uh, I am the person that will go to every um, show and contact every supplier and vendor in search for, you know, the newest best, more, more amazing ingredients. And so I'm super excited about these two new flavors. Um, one is a raspberry rose lemonade. And it's, oh my God, it's made with, yeah, rose powder that is imported from France. It's so like aromatic and it's so light. Um, and it only has 25 calories. Um, oh. and, yeah. And the second one is an apricot um green tea lemonade with lavender and same. Mm. I mean, it's, it's so aromatic and it's so good for you. And there's so many benefits in it. And there's also only 25 calories in it. So, you know, I'm, I'm super excited about them and I just, I just cannot wait to see how people react to them. So the reason, and that sounds amazing. So the reason I invited you on the podcast, other than that we're friends and, um, you know, I, I really love and support women who are entrepreneurs like you is that I, you know, I did this cleanse and I have done probably every fad out there. And this is certainly not that. This is something that can be integrated into your daily lifestyle or your, you know, do a monthly cleanse or a quarterly cleanse or whatever, you know, works for your body. And usually I'm just pissed. 
Like I do a juice cleanse and I just want to kill everyone <laughs> because I'm hungry. I'm tired. I just want to, I'm like drooling when I see someone else's plate. Um, and I never once felt hungry on this cleanse at all. And I did, I did the six day, right? Seven day. Yeah, you did You did the three-day juice cleanse, and then you added the, our new fat-burning tea lattes. That's right. That's right. So um, so the cleanse itself was so easy. And I'll tell you, the thing I love the most, other than the flavor profiles, which, like you said, with your obsession, are spot on, the packaging is so easy. You literally just shake the bag, pour it over ice, and you're good to go. Did it take you multiple times to figure out that that was a specific package? Because I'm, I, other than in, I think in baby food, where I see a lot of that, like that you, you know, you can pop the top and then you can squeeze directly into the baby's mouth. I've never seen that used in adult products. Yeah. Um, no, and it wasn't, it wasn't easy. The thing, the thing was, I was very clear that, you know, if I, if I was going to, you know, do this crazy thing of being an entrepreneur and put everything on the line and risk everything to start a business. I wanted to absolutely believe in the product and in the promise. And the promise was it needed to be clean label. So I knew I needed to have a product that was shell stable, but with the use of any preservatives. I was very strong in my decision of not deviating in not using any colors, any flavors, any additives, any sugar, and any preservatives. And that's how I stumbled upon the pouch after looking at everything, after looking at Tetra, looking at bottles, looking at glass. Um, I ran into pouches, which, like you said, they, they're still not around very much other than in the baby food aisle. But in Europe and in Asia, it's everywhere. Like Europe has really? been... But yeah, Europe, we're like 10 years behind Europe in the usage of pouches. They figure out that this was the best way of having natural products um, be preserved without the use of any preservatives because it keeps them aseptic. It provides an oxygen and light barrier. Once you open the product, of course, you need to refrigerate and consume within three days. But before then, as long as they're close and packed tight, like they're, they're good to go for up to a year. So I used that. Yeah, it was a lot of research. And then once I found, okay, it's, it's the pouch. That's where I want to go. Then that's how I began the, the rest of the process of creation. Well, I don't want to like keep gushing, but I, I do. Like, it was so freaking easy. I am like, I'm going to do this. This is my new thing. Like, I'm not, like I said, I've done every single other thing on the market. I will never do another juice cleanse ever again. And you can quote me on that. Thank you. Woohoo. So take me back in time. I know that you were talking about how this was like the mother of invention was necessity and you needed to do something because you wanted this for yourself. But at what point did you decide this was going to be a business? Uh, well, I always kind of, I thought that I, that I wanted to be my own, you know, CEO, like that I want to be a CEO. I wanted to be a CEO of a startup. I wanted to start, run my own business. Um, I, I, I don't know that I necessarily thought, okay, this is going to be the business. I just knew, hey, I have the experience. I've been doing this for my boss for six years. I can figure this out. And then, you know, like, I'll, well, let's see where it goes. But once I started and I realized, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, trust me, there's a lot of other businesses in, in food that you can start a lot easier. Um, beverages, 
is extremely difficult. There is all a whole new level of, you know, regulatory issues. You know, you have to make sure that all the processes are in place. You know, you can only deal with co-packers that, you know, have all the FDA and like regulatory items in check. And so that's why you, it's not as easy to enter into it. And so if you're going to, if you're going to do beverages, you better be all in because it's not for the faint of heart. Um, but I'm sorry, yeah. Well, being an entrepreneur in general is not I for the know. faint of heart, but you've got that like spicy Latin flavor to begin with. So I'm not surprised at all that you found this passion and just decided to like go all in. At what point did you realize like that this was actually going to, going to work? Because, you know, let's face it, most businesses fail within the first few years, right? So did you have you had moments like maybe your Oprah aha moment where you were like, oh my God, this is amazing. People love this. This is going yeah, to work. Um, so in 2015, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Like I, I started this in 2014. I had done the, all the recipes. I had, you know, found all the manufacturers. Everything was set and ready. I actually picked up and put everything in my car and drove to New York from Florida. I was ready to take over the world. And um, it quickly just kind of everything fell apart. Um, yeah, it was kind of crazy. I found myself um, with all, like every single dime that I had and some borrowed, like sitting in a warehouse in frozen ingredients. Like, I have frozen cucumber juice, frozen lemon juice, like a lot of pouches and not, and I, what I didn't have was a manufacturer anymore. And so I spent probably three months you know, searching and looking and contacting every single manufacturer under the sun until I ran into my current manufacturer. Um, and they said, sure, we can do this. And I said, all right, well, I, I don't have the budget that I had before to start big, but let's just, can we do something small? And they said, fine, we can do that. So at that time I realized, you know, my goal of going retail was no longer retail takes too long. There's all these levels of approval that you have to go through. I had no money. I just needed to turn this, you know, what I had just made into, you know, cash so that, you know, I could pay back the people that had loaned me the money to start the business. And, you know, at least say that I, that I tried it. I got, you know, just enough product made. Um, I was denied by Amazon five times because they were asking for, yeah, they were asking for receipts of document and documents that, you know, I don't buy this product finished. I buy the ingredients, I buy anything, whatever. Um, I harassed a guy um, after a webinar and I begged him to approve my account. He did. So that was the sixth try. I sent a product and the first day I sold a couple and I was like, oh my God, this is so great. Then the second day I sold more. And by the third day, I realized I was about to go out of stock. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. And so, yeah. And so I rushed to make more and then send more and then make more and then send more. And Amazon will pay me and I will pay the co-packer and the, and the manufacturer was on the back and I would send it to Amazon. And before you, I knew it, you know, I finished 2015 Um practically salvaging all of my ingredients and even turning a profit. Like I turn a profit on year one. And 
Yeah, and then that's what, I was wow. like, oh my that's god, amazing. I can't believe this happened. So yeah, what a great story. We have to take a really quick break for a word from our sponsor, but I want to hear more about this when we come back. So stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in. And if you are just now tuning in, I'm sitting chatting with my friend, Irene Rojas Stanbury, the CEO and founder of Lemonkind. Before the break, you were talking about, well, really, you were talking about your perseverance. I mean, you went after Amazon. You knew that that was the platform for you. First of all, how did you know Amazon was the right platform? So I knew that it was going to be very challenging to bring traffic to my website um, a website without, you know, a name that wasn't recognized, a website that wasn't recognized with products that weren't recognized. I knew that I needed a platform where users felt comfortable purchasing. Um, and at that time, mm -hmm. Amazon was still really young, um, but there were quite a few competitor products out there. And I thought, okay, well, if it's working for them, it will work for me. Interestingly enough, back then, the only way it, that you could be prime was if you had a shelf-stable product. So from the get-go, I had a competitive advantage on, on my competitors. None of them could be prime, and I was prime. And I, that gave me the edge. Yeah, that gave me the edge, and that put, put Lemonkind you know, on the radar and the, I mean, the rest is history. Like we have so many reviews, um, you know, Amazon has been incredible for us. It still represents a huge chunk of our business. Um, and it adds credibility to a brand. It, it definitely serves as, you know, the perfect platform for companies, especially right now, as they, you know, as the pandemic has pushed them away from retail, Amazon is the perfect platform to get started. Well, I think a couple things here that are pretty remarkable. One, obviously, your, your perseverance, which is something that every entrepreneur or every good entrepreneur needs to have. I love that you got no's five times and then you were like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to get a yes if it kills me. And that last, <laughs> that sixth one, you were like, you're making this happen. And I'm, I can only imagine what the guy on the other side was like. Holy shit, I better, I I better listen to this lady. She's coming after me. Um, so I love the yeah. perseverance there. And then the other piece is the the early adoption of a platform that you didn't know was necessarily going to drive sales, but that you just had this gut instinct. And I think that that is something that all of the entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs listening in really need to pay attention to, especially as women. We have such a strong gut and we sometimes quiet that voice, right? But you mm -hmm. just kind of knew in your heart of hearts, this was the right thing. And then the third thing I wanted to reiterate was, um, was the differentiation, that shelf stable differentiation that allowed you to be prime on Amazon. I mean, that really put you so far ahead of your competitors in that mm -hmm. nascent stage of Amazon. Just fucking brilliant. I mean, unreal. I love this story. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, the guy responded happy selling. That's all you happy selling. Don't come after me, please. I got it. I did it for you. <laughs> I love it. So I've kind of called out some of the things that I think are really valuable in terms of entrepreneurship, but I'd love for you to share some of the other things that you think have made you successful over the years that any entrepreneur really should be paying attention to. Hi, my, 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 my. Um, yeah, that one's <laughs> tough. Um, I think 
I'm very good at having plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. I think I think it's really important to know it. Of course, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you need to you need to be able to take risks. But I I do feel that educated risks and evaluated risks um, are the way to go. It doesn't mean that you're not going to make mistakes. I sure have made a lot of mistakes, but I make them quickly and of course corrected even quicker. Mm. And you are able to course correct really quickly when you already had a plan B in sight. Um, you know, whenever I've come up with a new product line, it, it, it never it's it's never without risks. Just because you had a very successful launch, does, does that does not mean that you know everything that you do after will automatically be a win? But every time I've done so, as much as I I'm in love with the idea or the product, I'm always very aware that, okay, what if it doesn't go well? Can I take the hit? Will will the company still be able to run um, efficiently? Will I will, will still be profitable? Like I'm always thinking, okay, it's not just me, it's my employees too. Like will, will this affect us in the long run? Um, so I think that's interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of entrepreneurs would say the opposite, which is jump without a net, right? Mm. And now it's not to say that you don't take risks, like you said, but I rarely hear entrepreneurs have ABCD backup plans. Maybe they're just not being honest. I don't know. But I think that to your point, having that mitigated risk is so important, especially, I think probably especially in CPG, because what happens if your co-packer fails or mm-hmm. some something gets spoiled or you don't get something sh- like the packaging doesn't get to you in time. There are so many factors that come into play when launching a CPG brand. So I love that, um, that you have like all of those backup plans. I, I think that you're so smart in how you approached the design, development, sales, execution, marketing, those are the five like pillars of any smart brand. And you just really executed them so beautifully. Well, thank you so much. And not again, not without mistakes. I definitely have made them and will probably continue to make them. But um, yeah, I, I speak. So, so many people call me and they're like, hey, can I run this idea by you? I'm thinking of starting a business. And then I start asking them questions. What are your margins? What's your MSRP? Like, what are your competitors like retail at? And all these things. And they say, well, you know, I I already know that I'm not going to make money the first two years, but I figure when I do a lot of volume, then I'll be able to negotiate. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, like, that is not a starting point. Like, I'm like, you need to start thinking you're going to have 70% margin because then if you're lucky after everything that can go wrong, will go wrong. And I promise will go wrong. You may, you may just bring in 20. Like if you're lucky, you're very successful. Like if you start at a negative, forget it. Like it's just not going to go anywhere. And so, yeah, like I, again, not, not without risk. I mean, I started lemon kind and that was a whole risk. There was no plan B. I was already putting them all in the line, but after that, after, you know, after that was said and done, like everything that I've done, it's definitely been, you know, let's, let's make sure we, we got our bases covered. In fact, right before COVID, um, I was interviewing, I was looking for a director of operations. And one of the questions that I did for all of them um, was, hey, I have a gut feeling there is, and this is before COVID. 
I had, I was like, I have a gut feeling that a recession may be coming. Like, why would you do to position us um, in, to survive a recession? You did not and ask so, that question and, before. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I swear to God, wow. I swear to God, I, you know, and it was, I wanted to see how they will respond, how they will respond in terms of our vendors and our co-packers and our supplier chain and all these different things. And, and then COVID happened and that was, um, that, that nobody could have ever, you know, and then 2020 happened. So basically you're a witch yeah. ball. Don't understand. <laughs> That's insane. We need to take another quick break, but we'll continue the conversation after this word from our sponsor. All right. Thanks for sticking with us. Irene, right before the break, you were talking about how you were interviewing for an operations role and you actually were asking those interviewees, what would they do if a recession hit? And I almost lost it. I can't believe that you had that much forethought into what was potentially going to take down our, our global economy. Um, was that just a random gut feeling? Like, where did that come from? I don't know. Maybe I'm a witch. No, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. But I mean, they have been, you keep, again, like I'm constantly watching the news. I'm always reading the news. I'm always staying on top of um, the, the, the global economy and, and so you you could see that there were there were some tremors, you know, with election year. You could definitely see that, like, if you were going to bring somebody on board, and this is a startup, which you know it's it's very susceptible to things like a depression and a recession, but also very nimble. Um, you needed to, I, I needed to see somebody who could, could think quickly on their feet um, and could you know, preempt and adapt and course correct um, when things don't go perfectly. Because everybody can be operations. There's a lot of cash in the account. It gets tricky. Yeah, it gets tricky when, you know, you have to work on, you know, payroll and overhead and manufacturing and production, all these expenses and the whole process of, you know, getting the ingredients to manufacturing, to get it to the consumer, to getting... You know, there's that life cycle that it gets so long sometimes and you have to, I mean, so many companies go down. It's because of cash flow issues. Totally. And so, yeah, and that's, that's when it gets tricky. And I just, you know, I, I did, I'm very happy with whom I found and, you know, and then COVID happened and then we're, we're doing okay. Did that operations person come back to you and, and tell you you were a witch? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, maybe she thought about it. Oh my god, I love that. It's so funny. Um okay, what else do I want to cover today with you? Gosh, there's so many things we can talk about. Um okay, let's talk about the 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 being a woman and being a woman of color in business. Do you feel like either or both have affected your approach to either building the brand or being a, a, a female CEO? Talk to us a little bit about that and your perspective on it, since it's so current in terms of social equality currently. Mm, so I I thought that it was very important to get certified. So I did become um, women-owned certified by WeBank uh, about three years ago. Yeah, and, um, yeah. and that's been... Like, I'm absolutely fantastic, especially when I was going after retail and, 
discovering that all these big organizations had a diversity division um, and that they would make it, you know, easier or more available for you to be able to meet with the buyers. Um, so that was very cool. Um, I've been able to participate in some of the WeBank events like you have, and that's been incredible. Like I've, I love them so much. They're just such great events. Um, on the other end, I don't love to put that so forward, um, especially when dealing with, you know, retailers and business and, you know, finance companies, because I don't, I don't want them to say or think that, you know, they have to treat me differently. I want them to value the company for all that it is. I don't know. It's mm -hmm. very complicated. It's it's a very much a pull and push in terms of okay, well, I I I need this because we are always at a disadvantage. I see it a lot um, in certain states of the country where you know being a woman can be some sort of a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. But then again, it's it's such an incredible tool to have. And it's been such a wonderful certification to have. Yeah, it's that, a great certification. And for those uh, listening in, it's WeBank, W-B-E-N-C.org, Women Business Enterprise National Council. And you get a certification as being a woman-owned brand if you're 51% or more women-owned. And um, yeah. as Irene was mentioning, it gives you a leg up because there are minority and diversity spend requirements with most major companies. So companies mm -hmm. otherwise wouldn't give you the time of day or you wouldn't be able to find the right person. They really do open doors for you or for us. They've opened doors for me as well. That's how we got Facebook actually. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And, and, and like we were talking earlier about that group of CEOs that I'm part of, I told them, I told all of them, oh my God, if you're more than 51%, that's the one thing that I tell you that you need to do and you need to do right now. You need to get certified because it's incredible. Yeah, it's a great group. Well, tell us what is next for the brand. I know you have these new flavors. Oh, before we go into what's next for the brand in terms of growth, can you talk us about talk to us about the... Um, the boba because that is the most unique product i've seen on the market in this space yeah um so nutri boba was launched uh the end of last year um i had this idea of coming up with a product that would be very filling and it was it would be different from the juices and i stumble i mean i live in new york new, like bubble tea is all around so i i thought what if I make a bubble tea that is actually healthy and really good for you? And what's hard is with sugar typically, right? It's like all oh my god, terrible. it's so terrible. Just the boba itself is like six hundred calories and just empty calories. Oh. Yeah, it's insane. Oh. And the teas is just filled with chemicals. It's just so bad for you, but it's delicious. But it's bad for you. And so <laughs> I was like, like most things, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, no, but this is like really, really bad for you. <laughs> like this is like, yeah, this is bad. And so I was like, what if I come up with something that is healthy? And what started initially as, let me come up with a beverage that is healthy and let me add, you know, a boba version that is filling but has no calories and it only has fiber, which is how I came up with the contract boba, kind of took a whole world on its own where 
I I went crazy on the teas and I added, you know, a, just a plethora of ingredients that are just so good for you um, that it became more like it's just more than bubble tea. It's more than just healthy bubble tea. It's bubble tea with vegan rice milk and pea protein and adaptogen mushrooms and maca and antioxidant teas. And then I added fat burning ingredients, which is ashtava and aloes. And it just, I'm so proud of it. Like it's just the five flavors, the matcha, the chocolate, the coffee, the maki and the vanilla um, are just so full bodied and so good for you that it, I mean, you, you can't, you can't help, but once you read the ingredients and taste the product and drink it, just feel proud of like, okay, like I am doing this for my body. Like you're welcome body. And so <laughs> that's, that's what I wanted to do. And um, I'm very excited. We're very excited about that brand. And there's new flavors on the juice line also coming up uh, that will launch in October. And so, yeah, lots of, Lots of lots happening. I know. Um, we've only got a few seconds left. Um, whenever I talk to you, it always goes so quickly. I just oh. can't even believe it. Can you share how people can get in touch with you, how they can buy the products, and uh, and we'll start start there. Yeah. So you can find our product at our website, www.drinklemonkind.com. Uh, you can reach out to us uh, via our Instagram at drinklemonkind. Um, and Facebook at Drink Lemon Kind. And if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can also find all of our products on Amazon Prime. And Irene has been kind enough to offer code uh, Laurel10 for 10% off your first order. Go get this product. It's freaking great. It works, especially right now where we're all sitting on our you-know-whats, putting donuts and cocktails and all the things in our in our mouths at <laughs> time. Clean up your shit, get it together, drink lemon kind. It's amazing. Irene, you are such an inspiration. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I can't thank you enough for showing up and creating these amazing products for women like me. Oh, thank you, Laurel. I, I love talking to you and thank you so much for having me. And thanks to everyone for tuning in. Stay tuned for more Elevate Your Brand coming up next. 